Welcome to the A-Game Podcast with Nick LaMagna, digging into the minds and experiences of some of today's brightest entrepreneurs in real estate and business, along with Hollywood stars, UFC fighters, and your favorite rock bands. People that have figured out how to overcome obstacles, take chances, live boldly, and no matter what they do, they always bring their A-Game. All right, my guest today on the A-Game Podcast is my buddy Darren Carr. Darren Carr runs Carr Talent Acquisitions. He finds A-players. He finds rock stars for your business of all shapes and sizes. If you're looking to hire the right people, this is the guy that's going to save you time, save you money, save you headaches, get you top-tier talent, and help you keep top-tier talent as well. Having lived through this, whether you're hiring acquisitions, dispositions, operators, closers, whatever it might be, it's grueling and it's an extremely hard time right now because I feel like the bar is very low. People have gotten very lazy. The workforce is just struggling. I, I don't know what it is, but right now there there's a massive need for the service he provides. And he did a really great job of giving you guys a lot of insight for what you should look for in top tier people, where you should look for top tier people, how you should be recruiting for them, what the questions you should be looking for are, what the questions you should be asking the best out of them are, how to ask those questions, how they should be answering those questions, what things you can do as a company to keep them going financially, emotionally, like so many things I didn't even think of that people really need that goes to not only the financial side, but the psychological side, the emotional side, the people side of this business, company growth, core values, like so much really, really good stuff. And you could tell that he is a passionate, passionate man about this. He could have gone on for hours about that. I, I love it. I smiled a few times during it because I was watching him just, I saw his brain turning and him going down the rabbit hole. So I thought he did a fantastic job. I really appreciate it. Darren Carr is such a good dude. We're in a mastermind together. He is the guy who finds a lot of the top tier talent for some of the biggest real estate investors out there and some of the biggest masterminds out there. So knows his stuff, tried, true, tested, seal of approval from many, many real estate investors. Connect with him in the show notes on the personal level, on a professional level, talented guy, rock star, and a nice person as well. So I'm really happy to have him on here and I look forward to hanging out with him again. While you are on the show notes, don't forget to go to nicknicknick.com slash links, L-I-N-K-S. The way that we keep getting really great guests to come on and give you guys free information is by you guys, please subscribing to this podcast and helping those algorithms. So on nicknicknick.com slash links, you can find this everywhere you get your podcast. You can find it on YouTube. I know you probably hear every podcaster saying this, but it really does help. Please just take a minute with whatever you're doing through your day, search for it and just subscribe to it wherever you are. If you got another minute, hit the five stars. Leave it a review, an honest review. If you think that it's good, awesome. I'd love to hear it. It doesn't matter what it does, but it really helps. And also a huge thing is on nicknicknick.com slash links. You'll see all the ways to connect with me on social media, whether it's Instagram or Facebook or YouTube or whatever it might be. We always post clips from this show. The way that we know that Darren knows that you guys got something from this interview is by you liking it, sharing it, tagging somebody in it. So I asked you, please, the for 250 something episodes to have another 250 all we need you guys to do is help us just push that social media so if i'm not popping up in your feed just search for me at nick lamagna invest or go to nicknick.com slash links and you'll be able to find that there also if you were looking for a checklist to bring more value to your buyers as a real estate agent or wholesaler go to nicknick.com slash bigger pockets for a free checklist and of course the big thing here is i just want to do real estate together so let's make this as we're hitting q4 now let's start to rev up and have those conversations so you and i can work together in 2024 whether you want to buy properties from me whether you want to sell properties to me or whether you would just like to have a discussion on how we can work together or maybe even partner together on some level shoot me a message on social media but put the words real estate in there at the beginning so my assistant can see it and let me know that that's what this is about or just text me at 516-540-5733 text the words real estate and we'll start that conversation 516-540-5733 you guys are awesome i hope you had a fantastic day thank you so much aaron Carr, for coming on thank you guys for listening a game podcast ladies and gentlemen have a great day all right my guest today is an entrepreneur a business expert and a talent acquisition director who went from the director of recruiting to starting his own agency known as car talent who can find you the best in sourcing, recruiting, and HR services. He has helped hundreds of investors and entrepreneurs and clients of his find top talent with a fantastic track record of repeat business based on his excellent performance. They deliver platinum caliber talent at a fraction of the cost. And at a time when hiring has been a massive problem, this gentleman has your solution. He is a friend of mine, a fellow mastermind brother in a family mastermind. He is our guest today. Please welcome to the A-Game Podcast, my buddy, Darren Carr. 
Nick, so good to be with you. Always a delight to talk with you. You bring the energy, you bring the positivity. So um, you always draw out the best of people. And uh, you, I'm, I'm assuming you can even draw the best of a lackluster guy like me. I don't think you're lackluster at all, sir. <laughs> I'm happy to have you on here. Uh, you know, you're you're a guy that uh, everybody needs right now, man. In a, in a time when it's it's tough to get talent, it's tough to keep talent. And I know you're in high demand. I know you're very busy. I know I've been harassing you to come on the podcast. So it is my pleasure to have you on here, sir, on this Monday. I'm really happy you made some time. For maybe people who have been living under a rock and they're not 100% sure who you are now, can you give a 30,000-foot view of who you are, where you came from? Yeah, so uh, I came from corporate USA to begin with. So I've, I came, I was a, uh, in publishing industry, so I was a rep and then a district manager and a regional manager. My last 10 years were director level. So director of sales, then moved into director of uh, training and then director of recruiting. So that's where, uh, you know, when I departed nine years ago, you know, got sick of that game flying around every week, all week. Uh, playing that corporate game, uh, you know, uh, and enjoying a lot of it and certainly gaining from a lot of the structure that it gave me, but ultimately wanted to go my own way, carve my own path and do recruiting how I wanted to do it. And, um, that was a lot more, um, a lot, was a lot more personal, a lot more, um, uh, a lot more, uh, I think organized and, uh, in, in the way that I want to do it. So started this agency nine years ago and things have just grown and we've been super fortunate, you know, to have doubled the last couple of years, uh, the last several years. So it's been, it's been nice. Um, I've got, you know, 12 recruiters, uh, six support staff, um, and, uh, things have been, you know, going really well. We, you know, we, we uh, our, our focus, everybody asks, what niche are you in? We're not really in, uh, you know, a, a specific niche. We do a lot in REI. But um, ultimately, what we focus in on, we find growth-oriented people for companies who want to grow. Gro growth-oriented people who are interested in growing personally, professionally, and to the benefit of the business. And those are the those are the people who make things happen. We know what they look like, breathe like, walk like, talk like. And uh, those are the people we scout out. And the real trick is finding them, compelling them, selling them, then assessing them. But um, so that's why... You know, the reason we hire our recruiters is uh, they need to have all the technical skills. You got to be good finding the people, got to be good interviewing them. But in the middle, you got to have that charisma, that spark. A players hire A players. So that's the golden rule. So that's why we try to have, uh, and I think we do have 12 amazing A player recruiters on our team. Man, I think that that's incredible stuff. And it's interesting. So over, over nine years, almost a decade now that you've been doing this, I, I'm interviewing people all the time, obviously, on the real estate side, like you're you're involved with, with many of your masterminds, but there's so many people that got in over the last few years, and they don't really know what it's like in a normal market or when things are down. You're somebody that was in this before the pandemic, and I feel like as much as the real estate market and landscape has changed pre and post, the hiring in the workforce is like a completely different different it is insane it doesn't even look the same so talk a little bit about like kind of what it was and what it is and kind of some some of the things that you're seeing now as far as the work source and the landscape since covid pre and post in your experience great questions great questions i don't normally get nick uh, i would expect an insightful question like that from you <laughs> uh so um yeah i mean it, the landscape has completely changed uh you know unemployment um a few years ago was you know four and you know five and even six percent um, and now it is it's, uh, it was the lowest in the you know uh, since the moon landing until just this month it ticked up a tiny bit but it was three point six percent unemployment uh, much higher in areas like sales and accounting and things like that in certain positions the unemployment level is actually even higher uh, and it is the case that we call it the pandemic pivot people have reassessed how they want to work, where they want to work, when they want to work, who they want to work with, how much they want to work, if they want to work. So uh, millions have dropped out of the sales force. They're, I don't know if they're living in their parents' basements at home or what, but they are not looking for jobs. So currently unemployment ticked up to 3.8%, but the economy still added 197,000 jobs in August. So uh, things are super strong. People always ask me and they have, there's a misperception out there, I think about, about this, but um uh, there's a, there are uh, 10 million open jobs uh, right now in the United States, and uh, uh, that uh, small businesses like yours and mine account for about 80 percent of them. Companies that are under 250 or less, um, you know, there is a huge uh, ghost factor. Uh, people flake out way more. I can tell you that you know we we send out you know our my company you know in addition to um, you know grow, seeking out growth minded people we poach we don't just post and pray so we, uh, <laughs> we reach out to a lot of people you know, in text and email and 
uh, and um, uh, every you know and calls. And so what uh, here a few years ago before COVID, we send out just say we, we now we'll send out two, three hundred messages at a time to get those three to five qualified candidates that we provide our, our clients for just one job. But we used to send out 100 messages and we get 20 back, 25 back, 15 back. Now we send out 100 messages. We get six, three, none. I mean, it is completely different ball game. Um, because of because there's so uh, there's just uh, uh, way more jobs than there are people who want to take them right now. So it has become the case that we just need to be more compelling and and have more quantity to get to funnel down to get to that quality. So it has completely changed and the the, the skill level to be able to attract what you need to do to attract um, the, the candidates your way, the good candidates, right? Because they have options. And we talk to these good people and they get hit up two, three, four times a week with opportunity, um, you know, uh, from recruiters or other companies. So it, we just, we all got to be on our A game and we have a, we have to have a clear, compelling plan, cogent, uh, plan on how we're going to, you know, reach out. And I, I guide companies on this all the time on how, on how to attract, how to, uh, retain and how to hire the best people. Man, that's such good information there. And I, I like the psychology behind it as well. I think it's it's interesting because what you said about that whole ghost area of there where there's all these jobs, but it's interesting because everywhere I go, like airlines, restaurants, everybody's like, man, I, I'm, I'm having trouble hiring. And not only am I having trouble hiring, but I have to pay people more that care and do way less effort and have way less talent than ever before. So I'm interested to see like what's going to happen for all these people that took their stimulus checks and decided they wanted to be YouTube stars or real estate influencers or wholesalers. And then all of a sudden the money starts running out. When is it going to switch back? I feel like at some point this great resignation is going to kick back and people are going to all of a sudden go, holy crap, I ran out of money and now I actually have to go to work and there'll be an influx there. And then I, I always think of it as part of the recruiting process in my eyes is going to be, well, what did you do between like 2020 and 2023 or 2021 and 2024? And if it became, you know, I, I sat on my mom's couch and I watched Tiger King every day, that's <laughs> going to be a really telling straight versus, you know, I picked up a new skill. I work for this other company, companies folded. So what do you think is going to be the future of that? Because at some point, the people that are living in their parents' basements, I mean, I'm sure there's just going to be a, a level of them that are just satisfied with no achievements in life, but there's always going to be the people that need more or want more. And at some point I feel like they're going to kick back, but what are you seeing on that landscape? Yeah, good, good question. I um, don't have a crystal ball on this, but um, you know, I keep pretty close to the employment news. In fact, I was listening to a little bit of, on my run around the lake here near me this morning. And uh, you know, all signs are looking that this, you know, what do you call it? Pre-recession or recession or economic downturn is really, it's sort of dissipating. And, and the, the landing is going to be, uh, not that it's been that badly so far. I don't think it personally has, but uh, you know, uh, that the, the, the landing is going to be a lot softer and that we're going to avoid any, uh, any huge uh, downturn. Um, so it has been the conventional wisdom. I've heard of a lot of other people say, unemployment's got to go way up uh, before interest rates come down and all this. I actually think it's going to be, you know, I think it's going to be more gradual. I think people are going to gradually come back to the sales force. I don't think it's going to be an overnight thing. I, th I think that, um, you know, that, you know, that gradually these jobs are going to get filled, but I don't think it's going to be anything that, that happens overnight, uh, frankly. Interesting that you just brought up that the interest rates and the way that that connects. I didn't think about it until you just said it. But I've been watching really closely, and I know a lot of the hedge funds and a lot of these big asset managers, that 5%, when the interest rates come back down, a lot of them jump back in. And I know a lot of wholesalers, their main business model was sending deals as a disposition strategy to these big funds that backed off. So yeah. when the interest rates come back down and these funds are back in, I think a lot more investors will jump back in, which means they're going to have to hire a lot more people. Like I. That whole connection there, I didn't see until you just said it, but I think, yeah, I think you're right, man. That's that's true. Yeah, I have heard, yeah, I've heard that in meetings. Yeah, but I will say, like, a hiring has still been very strong. I mean, we are hiring a ton more dispositions people. That makes sense, right? Right now, we've been hiring a ton more than we did last year. Um, acquisitions about the same, operations way up, operations managers, um, a lot less of the um of the TCs, the transaction coordinators and lead managers. I think people have kind of done without those for a while. They've gotten by without them. Um, first quarter for us was 
was uh, the last quarter was fine last year. I know interest rates, you know, went up in October and whatever, but um, it, that, that didn't affect us so much in the fourth quarter. It was the first quarter when kind of things just really dropped off. Now things are like way packed up. My 12 recruiters are all busy. I barely have a slot to fit people in uh, with new clients. We have a, we're getting, you're getting up to the point where we're going to have a waiting list again. So um, we see full steam ahead here. I don't see any, you know, anything getting in the way of a lot of hiring go continuing. Excellent news. That's really positive. I love the optimism. So now talking about what you do, man. So A players, A players have to find A players, rock stars have to find rock stars. I know you just named a bunch of different things from dispositions to operations to all kinds of things, but the principles of how to find a rock star, how to find an A player, let, let's start with that. And then we'll talk about retaining them and all the other stuff that you come and you peel back that onion on. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, A players hiring A players. Um, so, I mean, it, you know, how, I mean, the, if the question is, how do you hire an A player? How does a company that's listening to this podcast hire an A player? I would draw attention to the fact that first you need a plan. You need a hiring blueprint. And actually, I we have one and we are happy to share it. We have a ton of tools. Anybody on this um, is uh, listening to this is is. Uh, uh, I invite them to reach out to me for any of the tools that I might mention, uh, including how to build your hiring blueprint. Um, and so that's step one. You need a plan to you to compel the best. Uh, and that plan, you know, is going to detail, you know, you know how your you know how you are marketing your company. You know, what is your, you know, what is your company culture? What are the benefits of working there? When we have a kickoff discovery meeting with our clients, we ask. Um, of course, my printer is starting to print right now. So that, <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, if if that um, so, so what we do is uh, we we do two things in a kickoff meeting. We obviously what you need and what you need in the role in a person in this functionally and culturally, you got to have a good culture fit. We hire for hungry, humble, smart, and good cultural fit. Hungry, they're driven. Humble, they're coachable. Smart, salute. A lot of kinds of smart, solution smart, right? And then good cultural fit for longevity, right? So um, we um, so in that we will uh, ask about what they need, but we'll ask about what they offer and we will ask what else, what else, what else, what else, what do you do on Fridays, what's your quarterly event. Uh, what's what did somebody say? Wow, I'm so glad I, I worked for this company. Uh, so it's important that you know that we as many bullets on that what we offer section, and we put that what we offer section up here. We don't put it down here, or we don't don't exclude it like a lot of job descriptions do. That's you. You are you are reaching out to the A players. You need to have an A game with your marketing. Uh, it's you know people aren't pining after your job like they might have been five years ago. Uh, they they need to be sold. It's, the A players need to be sold. So. Uh, you know, it can be, you know, every, you know, things that we talk about are, uh, you know, events, perks that, you know, people, uh, for instance, the opportunity to buy, you know, every, you know, every third property at a discount for themselves. So their own financial freedom, right? They can buy a rental, um, things like that. Uh, so we really take a long list of everything that that company is providing culturally and, um, and financially for, you know, for the, for the candidates. And that's what we need to reach out and tap these people on the shoulder. And we say, hey, you look amazing. Um, I see that you've done this and this. We're working with an amazing company that's um, that's, that's doing this. And uh, and we need a clear, cogent, compelling message about the client and the company in order to um, in order to compel those folks. And so, you know, what does that you know include? You know, it, it's you know, it's things like um uh, some of the things that have become more important since the pandemic pivot are number one, flexibility um, that, you know, this, what you, when you work, how you work. Um, so we, you know, we talk about, you know, are there flex days, you know, if, after three months, can you work a day from home? Um, is there some path to like, you know, some hybrid model, you know, if a lot of people are still stuck on office every day, that's fine. You know, we recruit for those all the time, but it's, it's a little easier and it, you know, it's a little more attractive to have that flexibility. Um, people who care about, you know, companies who care about wellness and well-being. Um, uh, there are, you know, a myriad of things that we need to ask about to make sure that we've got all the all the compelling, you know, uh, facts that we can pop potentially, uh, you know, put in front of a candidate to get their attention. Because the good the good people have options, and you know, we need we need those things. That's such an excellent answer. And you brought up something on that that piqued my interest. I haven't heard it said like this before, but you said somebody who's solution smart. Talk a little bit more about that because that's such a key thing. Yeah, I'll actually, um, uh, 
I'll get to that in a moment. Let me just list a couple of the things that I that I wanted to uh, yeah. and uh, omitted, but I'll, I'll sort of circle back to that. Uh, other things that are important since the pan pandemic pivot uh, is are uh, the workplace as a learning environment. We need to demonstrate that these folks are uh, that these companies rather have a path of of learning, and the the the, the these candidates know when they get in there, they're not going to be stagnant. For instance, do they belong? Does the company belong to a mastermind as as you do? Uh, you know that that's an avenue of of learning because there are you know there are webinars and things like that. Consistent feedback and connection is super helpful. Ability to grow in the company, not only with more you know a promotion. Maybe promotion isn't possible for a small company, but at least with more responsibilities. Hey, if you do well after six months, we'll give you this. So the the right kind of people that really appeals to. Um, ability to make meaningful contributions to the community and REI that can be, hey, we're beautifying the neighborhood. We're making things work. And then inspirational leadership is the last one I'll leave you with. And to me, that means that is something really important that the good managers of people know this. They take the individual's needs uh, and wants and desires and they dotted line it to the company's goals and they create that sweet spot in between. See, if you do, if you do, you know, if you do what, you know, what is in the company's best interest and yours and we and our goals are this it's we're going to meet in the middle and we're both going to get what we want that's inspirational leadership so um to, uh, to your to your point on solution smart um so uh this is tricky to determine but not impossible um and uh for, for the right interviewer and for the people i'm gonna I, i'm gonna equip you with a five-tiered question that <laughs> our recruiters ask all right and uh that i coach a, a lot on uh, and by the way, we have the car talent curated first interview questions. I'm happy to send any of your listeners or viewers. Uh, and it includes this question. And this is this is this is where they need to come and bring it with solution smart. And this is a question that's really hard to prepare for. And it is a question that really AI can't even prepare you for because it has you step through a solution. So here's the question. And you say, hey, candidate, I'm going to give you a five tiered question. Um, what I want you to do is take your time, think about a, uh, you know, it doesn't, you know, it's okay if you don't rush it, just take your time, think of a really good example. And if you need to ask me about what these different steps and stages were, that's okay. I'd rather you give me a complete answer than yes. And it's number one, tell me about a challenge that you had uh, in, if it's a salesperson in sales, number one, tell me about a challenge you had in sales. Maybe it was lead gen, whatever's most important to the client we'll ask about. So tell me about that challenge. Number two, um, uh, tell me about how you formed the plan. Uh, what was the plan? Who'd you talk to? Uh, you know, how did you gather that to overcome that challenge? Number three, how did that unfold? How did it execute? What happened? Number four, what was the exact metric, the benefit to the company that occurred because of your plan and its execution? Did sales go up 28.6% in the fourth quarter? Uh, et cetera. You know, we need exact specifics. And then number five, what did you learn from that experience or what would you do differently going forward? And that gets at their spirit of continuous improvement, their coachability, their adaptability, their intelligence, and they need to bring a clear, compelling, cogent story to that. Uh, you know, if they don't, if it's something, if it's, if they've either gone above and beyond or it's, in, you know, solution smart or it's creative, but uh, it's not just something like, well, I went through the boss or I went to someone and they suggested this and I did it. So we, we that that question right there will help you um, really kind of sort the wheat from the chaff on people who are solution smart. We have a bunch of questions like that. That's just one example. That's excellent, man. I think it's such a huge piece right there because when you hire people, I've made the mistake of you now have to answer every question and they call you for every single thing instead of getting somebody who likes to thinks of things themselves. Like I remember Tim Bratz kind of turned me on to the, the whole philosophy of they can call me for help, but they have to call me and already have three solutions. They came That's up right. with first before. So, cause otherwise you like, what's the point of hiring somebody if they are still making you make every decision? Like how do you scale? How you, so I, I love that. That's such a huge piece there. And now like tying that in though. So I recently just uh, was looking for somebody and I got hit with a lot of, a lot of people that were interested and it was like eight, 900 people, but obviously a ton of them were unqualified or crap. And then even some of the ones where like, it was such a crazy thing because we'd hire them. And then literally the next day they would just never show up. And then I'd never hear from them again, or they'd accept the job. And then I'd send them the, 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 the paperwork to sign. And then they'd just say, actually, I changed my mind. I'm like, what, what is happening here? So what are some things somebody can do in that screening process to look for some red flags or to weed through that faster to try and find some of the people that may be worth another conversation and get rid of the ones that won't be? Well, let me back you up a little bit and solve sure. your problem maybe a little bit earlier in the process. Uh, you're exactly right. Passive recruiting 
uh, ad placing, posting and praying gets you, you know, and especially right now, <laughs> you know, a, a quagmire of unqualified candidates that you need to slog through. Um, <laughs> and maybe they know, maybe, you know, maybe they know your company. Maybe they don't. Maybe they applied to 50 that day because it's super easy to do on Indeed. Um, and so, um, so 75% of our hires, we post ads, 75% of our hires come from us outreaching, you know, active sourcing to passive candidates tap on the shoulder hey you look amazing we're working on an amazing company all right so uh that is the way to get at and there are ways that companies can do it um maybe not quite as effectively as we can because we pay the big bucks who for the you know for the big you know all the many platforms that get us really access to everybody in the world and we have the savvy we've got the expertise we got the process right um, to 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 do this um, reaching out to people, but there are ways that businesses can do it. But um, if you rely on ads, you're you're you know you're reaching out to you know you're you're getting people who are among the few to be unemployed. They may or may not be interested in your job, as I mentioned. And most importantly, it's a very thin slice of who you could potentially tap. Um, uh, who and are they the best people for your job? Uh, um, you know. Many cases they're not, you know. And, and do you want any tumbleweed that blows into town to be, you know, your your selection? Uh, so that's why we really recommend, and what we do is we are active outreachers. So um, how do you do that? Um, there are ways that companies can do that. Uh, that you know, uh, including you know, here's the recommendations I make. If you're if you've decided, you know, I would, you know, I personally couldn't uh, buy a house and wholesale it or flip it. I don't know how to do that, right? Um, I don't know, you know, if I might recommend that people make their next huge hiring choice, uh, you know, doing it sort of amateurly, right? I mean, I might suggest that they use a professional recruiter who is um, you know, vetted, referred, and does active outreach like we do. If you don't want to do that, um, there are other ways you can do it. Uh, you, you can gather candidates in an active manner. Conferences and, bi and business communities, you know, uh, that, such as, you know, we belong to together, Nick. Um, and you're just asking everybody around you, you know, who do you know? Who else? Who else? Who else? Um, and you're gathering people that way. Um, any business partnerships you have, affiliations, uh, asking those people, obviously, social media, um, you know, social networking, um, referral programs. Um, if you're not doing this, you should. Uh, you know, what's what do you care if you pay somebody 500 bucks? If you get a rock star who is going to, in you know, one deal, uh, more than make up for that. Uh, and so referral programs, not only to internal employees, like, you know, internal people, like, hey, you get 500 bucks if you refer somebody who ends up getting hired, but why not make it to everybody? Like, just put it out there. Um, could, again, what do you care if you get a rock star and you pay somebody who's not in the company $500? I've never understood companies who don't consider that. Um, I did it when I was uh, director of recruiting. Um, higher education, any community colleges, colleges near you, hook up with the, you know, the, the director of the program there. Um, especially if you're open to fresh grads and, you know, like if you're in, you know, if you're looking for a salesperson, uh, you know, we look for people who are hungry, hungry, smart. And a lot of those people, you know, can be, they can be cut right out of college, maybe a year or two or three, but even out of college, they can maybe have sales internship, right? Or they knocked on door selling pest control. I had a great guy knock on my door, sold me pest control. I didn't want it. And I bought it because I appreciated him. So, <laughs> so, uh, co colleges, universities near you, community, uh, community connections near you, trade groups, um, are a good source holding hiring events, um, if not in person online, easy enough to do everybody join me for a half hour I'm going to talk about the job I'm going to talk you know advertise on social media I'm going to talk about the company I'm going to talk about the job. If you're interested, you know we can arrange a time after that or I have little 10 minute interviews five minute interviews right after the event is something you can do. Um, and then any candidates that you have hired recently, you can ask them who else. Uh, so those are some ways that, you know, that we'd recommend that you um, that you go about all pre-sorting the wheat from the chaff. So you're not just dealing that quagmire of unqualified candidates. That's excellent, man. And obviously, as a real estate investor, we want to focus on closing deals. All that work is why somebody like you would come in and be like, you know, you, you hire out for everything else. So why not hire out to hire out? Like I like the, the delegation factor there. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it takes uh, on that point. Uh, it's part of my slides and about every presentation I give around the world. Uh, it takes about 100 hours, 95.5 hours on average for the average small business to hire between writing the resume, writing the job description and all the little the parts of it. It's about 100 hours. Think about your average business owner's time. My business coach tells me, Darren, are you doing $500 an hour work or $50 an hour work? And, and uh, so 
uh, you're that, so there's that time that goes towards, uh, re, you know, recruiting. And there's the, obviously the opportunity cost when you, what you're, what you're not doing, uh, when you're not uh, knocking on sellers doors, uh, during that time. Um, and, uh, and then of course there's the risk of, um, you know, if you, if you don't hire well, uh, and we guarantee ours for 90 days and a year, by the way, but it, there's the, there's the morale cost to your team and to you, uh, if you have to rehire again. So uh, another, you know, and so hundred hours on average for the average small business to hire, we do it in about 40 is about our, uh, about our average. That's excellent, man. Do you have any quick, maybe like top three red flags to look for when you get on the phone with somebody or whatever the first response is for the interview? That's a, a hard, this is probably an indicator to pass. Yeah. Yeah. I would say, um, uh, well, you alluded to it, uh, uh, and longevity in the job. That's an age old one. Now, a little trick we use there uh, is, uh, you know, have the resume and writing in next to each job, how many months and years they've been in it. So at a glance, you can tell nine, you know, a year and a half, 1.5, nine months, six years, whatever, but at a glance that will, you know, help you like get a, a eagle eye view of, you know, how long has this person stayed in the job? So yeah, you don't, obviously you don't want somebody who's going to leave the job, job hoppers, you know, after six months. So that would be an initial one. Certainly, um, you know, when we ask about, um, uh, you know, tell me about a culture that you thrived in, tell me about a culture that you uh, didn't do so well in, and why. So we listen closely for um, uh, the answers to those questions because we want to know, uh, you know, how, how how they may jive with our clients' culture. Uh, and then if they start talking about, you know, and obviously anything, we don't want to hear anything negative. That's just silly and dumb to do uh, about their boss, about the company. Um, that's a definite red flag. Um, and then, um, you know, they have got to, uh, they've got to, they've got to bring it the the they in, in their polish. And their in their presentation to us and their preparation. I ask one of the first questions I have ask is, "What research have you done on this company, and why are you interested in it?" Uh, and I learned this one the hard way because I was 22 years old with a briefcase walking to a job fair, and I was asked that, and I was promptly escorted out, out of the interview because I didn't <laughs> I didn't know anything about the company. So that stuck with me, and now we ask that. So that's a red flag if they don't if they don't have a really good answer about your about what you're all about, maybe your mission statement. So um, that that's that's one of the things. Um, and then if they don't, I mean, uh, maybe not a red flag, but something they better, you know, come with four, five, six reasons um, why they are a great fit for the company functionally and culturally. And, you know, they're they're dotted lines from that job description to their resume. You need this. I did this. You need this. I can do that. So that's what we that's what we need to see. So those are a few things you can sort the wheat from the chaff pretty quickly. If you have been kicking yourself that you didn't start investing in real estate sooner, whether you're beginner, intermediate, or advanced, any way you're looking to get in on a residential, commercial, land development, wholesaling, fix and flips, whatever it is, let's find a way to get you involved in some projects, get you some properties, whether you want to sell some properties to me, whether you want to buy some properties from me, whether residential, fix and flip, cash flow, multifamily, whatever it is you're looking for, let's figure out a way to get you involved or find a way for us to partner up on some deals. Go to www.nicknicknick.com, go on the consultation tab and figure out how to schedule an appointment to talk about where you fit in if you are not sure, or you can just reach out to me on any of my social media channels. If you go on www.nicknicknick.com slash links, you will see all the different ways to connect with me and figure out how we can start to work together make it happen. Everybody that invests in real estate always just says they wish they did it sooner. Best time to start is today. That's excellent information. So I really appreciate that. That makes a lot of sense. I want one or two more things on this topic. And then I actually want to pivot to, to retaining them as well. But when you're, when you're dealing with this, especially on the real estate investor side, this is a huge one I ever want to ask you about, but a lot of people I, and I think you probably just sort of gave the answer there, but they'll say, Hey, I want to work for you. And they're totally qualified, but they're already doing dispositions for another company, operations for another company, acquisitions for another company. And maybe they've worked with three or four or five other companies for a few months here, there. Like, so I always look at it, but like, why would you be looking to come over here if you're already doing the same exact thing over there? Is that somebody that's worth me jumping in with? Are they just going to do the same thing and leave me for whatever stuff is? Or do you look a lot of the times now for people that, maybe don't have real estate experience, but they have industry experience and you can train them on the real estate side. So I guess the question is when you're requiring or, or, or acquiring new talent for the real estate side of it, is it better to have somebody with sales experience and no real estate experience and teach them the real estate or for somebody that has a real estate experience and you can teach them the sales experience? 100% 
sales experience or aptitude and ability. Because a lot of people with sales experience, first of all, don't have sales ability. There's a lot of salespeople on there that don't have sales. So forget the sales experience. You know, if they've got one year and they've got aptitude and ability, you know, and ability over 10 years, first of all, um, is, is the first point I'd make. Uh, to your point, 100% uh, sales aptitude over um, over somebody who has been in the position. As a matter of fact, it is very it, almost all the time our clients don't want somebody who's been in acquisitions or dispositions for another company. They do not want that bad habits. They they are not they know how to do it. They're not coachable. And now I'm speaking broadly. There are people who you know who are coachable, but broadly our clients uh, have instructed us to not do that. So we look in uh, industries. That some of them are adjacent, um, uh, selling roofing, siding. Uh, I mentioned pest control, um, paint, uh, paint, uh, uh, any a lot of things around the home that that uh, that that we look out to. And we have a we have a list of um, we have a list that we consult that um, that helps us keyword search for for these people. And you know they're in industries like yeah, like roofing and security and windows and home remodeling, construction sales and heating, um, solar, uh, flooring, even vacuums, cell phones, auto sales. Those are you know um, are some of them. The other thing that we've had a lot of success with are I mean just you know a, a random fact athletes. We will keyword we'll put we'll put athletes in there. They are team oriented. They are driven. They know uh, that uh, hard work results in uh, hard work will bring you results, and they're coachable. They they're used to being coached. So, um, in, in addition to those industries that I mentioned, um, we commonly look for athletes, and we commonly do not look for people who are um, who have been in the um, once in a great while. Somebody will say, "I need, I want somebody who has been in dispositions," but it's not very common. That was gold, my friend. That was such a great answer. I really appreciate that. I think everybody listening is going to take a lot away from that. So now we got them. How do we keep them? Yeah, that's a good, that's a good question. How do we, how do we keep them? Um, well, there are um, some things that, uh, that a person needs, that a company needs to be aware of. Um, and, uh, and I'm, I, those things that I mentioned uh, about how to attract are also how to retain um, and, you know, providing that, Supportive, appreciative company culture and morale. What are you doing to recognize people um, that you care about their wellness and well-being? You know that you're providing them a path to learning, um, and that you have that you are able to have that consistent feedback, and um, that you you have a set time. You talk to them every day, every week, or whatever. But um, you're you know you're keeping close to how they're tracking and their development, and people people respect that and they they want that. Uh, the good people, right? So the the people who who don't want any oversight or any discussion are those you need to worry about. So um, the quieter people are, obviously, the more you need to worry about them. Um, and so uh, what I would add to the list that I said is that um, uh, invest in your A team. Uh, you know, you do, do you want to lose an A player for four thousand dollars a year? I mean, sometimes our clients get hung up on a, a little tiny bit of money. It's one deal. It's half a deal sometimes. And uh, I, when I draw their attention to that, oftentimes they will, you know, <laughs> they will uh, acquiesce, um, but uh, invest in them, compensate them accordingly. Uh, a players deserve a player or, or compensation. Are you going to lose them? Offer future employability over title bumps and little dollar increases. That means less than it used to used to. Uh, oh, I know I'm a director or whatever. People care less about that, and you bump me up this little tiny much. They care less about that than they can uh, than they do about seeing your company as a long term employer of them. So that has to do with company stability. That has to do with the culture. That has to do with a lot of things. But you uh, and the the, the the vision for the future for the company and where are they going? What's the plans? What's the mission? What are the goals? And the more clear you are to your employees, and they can see. They can see that future, that horizon, uh, the more they're going to feel safe and secure. And that was from a Harvard article I just read a couple months ago in preparation for a presentation, um, which also said, by the way, uh, this is as long as I'm on the thing, uh, on the topic, um, there, uh, your, uh, your, if, if your employees are uh, looking for jobs a lot more than you even know. So that's why it's important. I'll finish this list in a moment. But that's why it's important to be enacting these things. For instance, 56% of sales professionals are actively or semi-actively looking for a job. That means they're updating their resume. 
They are reaching out to a recruiter like me. They are um, exploring the waters. They are taking a look at ads out there. Over half are, and these are people. Forty-five. They they and uh, of the those fifty-seven percent, forty-five percent report a high satisfaction level of where they're at, good to high. Ooh. So yeah, just to let, let you know, uh, that's why you got to keep tight with them. So invest in them. Uh, future employability over title bumps and small dollar increases. Hire for goal alignment. That's the way to keep them and retain with growth. You know, they have growth opportunities and the company's hopefully growing. So you're providing them with, you know, growing, you know, professionally and, and within the company. Professional development in addition to company development. Um, demonstrate your, um, demonstrate and sell to your employees on your passion and your vision. Um, that, you know, they, they, that will get by you security. Um, people respond to that. They respond to somebody who has, who, who does have a lot of uh, passion for, for the company's future and they believe it and it's authentic. Uh, and there are, uh, there are initiatives behind that. Um, people love to see that and that makes them feel secure and that makes them feel excited about being a part of a company on the rise. Um, the C-suite, if you're a bigger company, uh, must support the new hires. It can't just be the immediate supervisor. You're going to need the CEO, the COO to uh, to support these folks. And at the end of the day, you know, just to wrap it all up, you you need to you know provide that emotional paycheck in addition to a financial paycheck. And an emotional paycheck includes a lot of the things I just said, but in, in essence, it is uh, it is making them feel good about a job well done. Um, you know, I don't probably do a lot of things well. And in fact, I know I don't, but maybe that's one thing that I do well is I, you know, I take the time, uh, you know, during my weekly check-ins and, and now I have a director of talent acquisition who does that, but she does it now to call out the good things that they have done. I noticed you said this to a client and you, you, uh, and you, um, uh, suggested this, this path of, uh, you know, uh, th this path, you know, that that was really great. Something specific you, you did well, you're really, you're really growing in this role. That's the emotional paycheck. That's what people need to stick around in a company long-term. Man, that is a huge one right there. I, I see that more and more now when you, I think when I was younger, I would say, Oh, well, you know, when somebody gets into their thirties and forties, they don't need that. But people I work with 60s, 70s, they still need to hear every now and then. To, and I think it's a great point too, because a lot of people, all right, maybe you're not the person who's going to go give you an attaboy or attagirl all the time, but then you can't also be the person who's always telling them everything they did wrong. So if you are going to criticize, I feel like you have to balance it out. If you're not going to do one, then you shouldn't be doing either, in my opinion, you know? That's exactly right, Nick. I'd 100% agree. Awesome, man. So this, this tons of great stuff in here. So I'm very, I'm very interested to see between hiring, between retaining, between all the different stuff that you've been doing on now, you've attracted talent all over the world for all people of shapes and sizes. What do you like to talk about? Like if if you're me, what are the things I'm I'm not asking? What are you excited about right now? What's going on with you? Talk all things Darren Carr. What are you excited about? What are you working on? <laughs> well, um, I'm excited about um, I'm excited about helping companies grow. Uh, and uh, the most exciting thing to me, uh, is is a great hire for a client. And it just uh, just this last you know four months have just been an, an influx of, of of hires and and we've just been really you know fortunate to have some really great clients who have responded with video testimonials and have, are super excited about what we've done for them. But the the most important, the most gratifying and satisfying thing for me is is that you know getting getting the great hire, and having them, you know, come back for more and like, Hey, that, you know, that, that person is really, really lifting our company up. Um, and I know what that feels like. I have got the, you know, my, my best hire, um, out of, uh, many, many hundreds and I've hired and managed personally in corporate and thousands in my agency, my best hire is my COO. And, uh, she has lifted my company off the ground. So I know what that key hire does for a company. Um, I, mine wouldn't have, uh, have be doing nearly as well, or even close to as well without her. So it's putting that key person in that key role. That's going to lift somebody up from a million to two or five to 10 million. And, uh, who really takes ownership, accountability, uh, and has, you know, has, has, has everything it needs that person needs to, to really take a to company to the next, to the next level. So, um, that, that is, that is what primarily motivates me and gets me out of bed. 
That's excellent. I mean, I can see it. I, I smiled a couple of times during this interview because I saw you're like, and one more thing and this and this. And I was like, this could have been five hours easily because I could see how, how your brain works and how excited you are about it. So one, one last uh, key question before we really dig into what, uh, what Car Talent does. But as far as compensation, I get this question a lot. What do you see right now as far as higher commissions, lower base, a little bit of a, a mix of both? What's what's the secret recipe right now? As far as let's talk specifically, I know there's a bunch of different things, but for real estate investors, how should they be right now compensating their hires for acquisitions and sales? Yeah, it's a great question. In general, uh, bases are going up. They have to. Um, and and uh, commissions are still important, but in general, in the workforce, in sales and uh, in other bonus oriented uh, roles, uh, the bases are going up. Um, in REI, um, you know, there are companies who are committed to getting the right people and compensating them correctly. And there are companies who maybe try to get by on the cheap. Um, and uh, I personally, uh, there are, I'm not in favor of, and we currently don't have any clients who do this, but we have in the past commission only. I just think it's the wrong way to go. Um, so, I mean, I can talk about some typical structures here in a moment and I will for particular roles, but um, you know, in general, uh, we need to turn heads. Somebody who's already making a, a base of 40 or $50,000 and maybe they're making 60 or 70, right? Total, um, you know, we can say, hey, you're going to make 80 to 100 to maybe 110 uh, and as acquisitions manager or dispositions, right? You're going to make this. But uh, for them to make the leap of giving up, you know, forty, fifty thousand dollars a year base to come into a commission-only role, it just doesn't happen very often. You're not going to get the best people there. Maybe they're they're going to get fired, or they're angry, or or they're they're applying and they're desperate. So um, commission-only, not the way to go. I know some. I know quite a few companies do it. It's just not how the best people are found, in my opinion. So it's a mix of um, uh, of of commission and of of base salary. So typically, what uh, we have seen is probably the most standard for acquisitions managers is three thousand a month, and uh, some sort of tiered commission structure eight, ten, twelve percent based on volume, dollar volume. So um, and there's people who you know have different different levels of the dollar volume, but eight, ten, twelve. Some do ten, twelve, fifteen percent. Um, base, but 3000 is about some people go four, some people go 2500. Um, but around three, I think is you know what it, minimal where you need to go. Um, dispositions typically a little bit higher. I know some people go straight, straight, you know, they give them a really big commissions, uh, and, and that's great if you can get people in that way. But, um, you know, typically what we have seen is the base has been a little bit higher for dispo, so, um, if you know. 4,000 a month, something like that, maybe, maybe a little bit more. And, uh, and then, you know, 3%, uh, somewhere around there in, in commissions. And then uh, as far as the other jobs, lead manager, you know, uh, you know, 18, $20 an hour, hundred, 150 per closing, um, something like that. Operations to get a really, really amazing operations person. You're spending at least 80 and probably more. Um, and then, you know, maybe bonuses on top of that, but depending on the level of experience, you know, do you want a junior operations manager, an operations manager, a director of operations, or a COO? That depends. Uh, that, that's going to depend on the the level that you want, but typically 100, excuse me, 80 to 100 to 120 is the range that you're going to be in with, with some bonusing as well. Excellent info, sir. I really appreciate that. So I know you're a busy guy. I don't want to take up your whole day here, but now talk about how do you help investors? How do you help business people? How do you help people find talent? Who do you work with? How can we find you? Talk all things car acquisitions, car talent, car, everything you're doing there. Yeah, thank you very much for that question. Yeah. So uh, to my knowledge, I think we're the only uh, company in the country that is our, has an REI-focused wing. We do recruit, recruit for other positions and hire for other industries. Um, but, you know, we belong to eight or 10 REI communities that we hire for. So we're pretty much dialed in on, on everything. You know, we have the typical profiles. We've got predictive index. We know exactly what kind of profiles we need for. We have three certified predictive index people on staff who can help determine if people are a good fit um, within reason. It's a tool. It's a part of the, it's a part of the puzzle. It's not the only part what some people think it is. Uh, then, then we've got, um, 
you know, what we do is we are active poachers of the best talent. And that takes, a, you know, that takes a little bit of skill, takes a little bit of savvy. So um, we need, you know, what we ask for with our clients is just, I say that when we have a great recruiter, which we have 12 of them, we have an engaged client and we've got continuous communication and that's going to equal a really good hire. And so um, that that kicks off the process, and we do that, and we you know we make sure we're crystal clear on on what the candidate on what the client needs. In fact, before we start sending real candidates, we'll send six calibration test candidates. Hey, what do you think about these people? We haven't reached out to them yet. But we just heard you. We just listened to you in a, in a kickoff meeting, and this we think this is it. Okay, tell us why or why not they're a good fit. All right, now we're all fine tuned. We're off to the races. So uh, that, that's the key. We poach. We we're compelling. We have to reach out to a lot of people. And, um, and, you know, and, and you have to have that savvy. So, um, we, um, we you can reach me at, you know, my email address, Darren, D-A-R-R-I-N at car, C-A-R-R talents.com. I'm number, my number is 641-691-2990. Uh, we, uh, we are about, um, we are quite a bit less than your traditional recruiters. That's another reason why we're pretty popular right now. Most recruiters are about 25% of first year compensation projected, we're about half that. And we guarantee for 90 days, anything goes wrong at all, we will replace for free. And we also have a one, I don't think anybody else has this because one of my people thought of it a few years ago, one year perfect fit guarantee. If somebody needs to leave the role for any reason at all outside of performance for up to a year's time, they have to leave to take care of a sick parent out of state, happened to us recently. We'll redo that search, even though act of God, act of universe, however you want to put it for just half the cost of the original search. No other agency will do that for you. We got your back. That's awesome, man. I love all that stuff. And at the end of the day, like I said, there, there's such a tough, I, I, I've lived it. You know, I think we've all been to the point where you spend all this time, you spend all this energy trying to get somebody. And then either you burn yourself out trying to weed through all these candidates that you did the wrong thing. You didn't even know the secret sauce that you guys have, or then you get people and then they, they go and you, it's, it's just, it's not worth it. At the end of the day, finding somebody who's an A player that already knows that role. I've always been a big believer in, you know, I, I bring it back to the MMA stuff, man. It's like, it was, you get a boxing coach, you get a jujitsu coach, you get a wrestling coach, you get a strength, you get somebody who specializes in all that thing. And that team helps you accelerate your best. So you can work on just being a great fighter. But I feel like that that's your leg of it that people forget sometimes, you know, like they're quick to do the asset protection thing. They're quick to hire the retirement guy. But if you want a good hire, hire somebody who is a hiring specialist. So I love it, man. I think what you're doing is awesome. And for people who aren't aware, all the biggest names that have been shouted out on this, like Collective Genius, you play a role for almost all those guys for their hiring solutions. So you have worked with the A players of the A players and you found the A players are A players. So who better to have on the A game podcast that's all A player hiring than Mr. <laughs> Darren Carr himself, man. So I know you're amazing at what you do. I appreciate it for anybody listening. All that information, all those links will be in the show notes. Uh, social media, anything you want to plug on that, I'll put it in there. But do you, are you active on that as well? Uh, yeah, well, yeah, I, I would say our website is cartalent.com. You can book in a, you can book a, an appointment with me there. Um, that's probably the best place. Um, yeah, th that I would recommend. We are, uh, we're on social media, but I would, I would direct people to that for simplicity. Cool. Awesome, man. So we spent some time together, man. I, I love you. You're a great guy. You're awesome energy, really fun, really nice, really good at what you do. Genuinely nice human being, man. So I appreciate it getting to hang out with you. I appreciate you coming on today. And I really look forward to hanging out with you in a couple of weeks, the mastermind. You, sir, bring your A game to everything you do. This interview has been no different. You definitely brought your A game today. Any final thoughts before I let you go about your day, sir? Well, I would just say that uh, yeah, the the A players that you have on uh, on your uh, program here uh, bring their A game because you bring your A game <laughs> and you draw it out of them. You you've got an energy that is uh, that's really hard to resist. And uh, so now I just thank you for this opportunity to to chat with you and hopefully impart a few words that might help a few people out there. Um, I just have really appreciated and enjoyed it as usual in talking with you. I thought you knocked it out of the park, sir. Pleasure was all mine. Darren Carl, ladies and gentlemen, have a great day. So what's it be?